Today at Kalos Church, we're asking the question, What political side is Jesus on? Good luck with that. Welcome to Kalos Church. My name is Pradeep Jiva, And I'm Amrita. Kalos means beautiful in Greek, and our hope is that you will experience the beauty of Jesus today. Right now, we have people meeting online and in house gatherings all over the region. If this is your first time and you'd like to get content like this every week, please hit subscribe on our YouTube, follow us on social media, or sign up for a house gathering today. Yes, we're so thankful that you're joining us mm -hmm. today. And before Pastor Pradeepin starts our very brand new series, Politically Correct, we are actually going to share some good news. Yeah. In fact, it's great news mm -hmm. today. And then also we are going to spend some time praying together. Yeah. And the great news is, is that our house gatherings that we launched just two weeks ago wow. are really touching people's yeah. lives. God is doing an incredible mm -hmm. work. In fact, last week there was a man who went to one of our house gatherings and this was a person who decided to walk away from the church years ago. Mm -hmm. So much hurt. Mm -hmm. And he walked away from the church. He walked away from Jesus, has spent many, many years far from God and uh, came to a house gathering for the wow. very first time, was so brave, was pretty nervous. Yeah. Nervous to go, yeah. stepped into a house gathering and really opened up his mm. heart. And he said at that house gathering, you know what? I feel the spirit of God and I want to start pursuing Jesus wow. again. Wow. And it was a house gathering. It was the first step. Mm -hmm. And if we're doing this house gathering thing in this pandemic season, <laughs> if it was just for him yeah. to mm -hmm. pursue God again, I'm so glad Amen. that we're doing it. So mm -hmm. that is incredible news. Yes. God is doing really wonderful things in people's lives Amen. right now. Amen. Well, so that leads me to our prayer request, which is that our house gatherings are getting full. <laughs> and what that means is in order to keep doing this in a very safe way, we need more people who would be willing to open up their houses so that they could host just a few people so these part these gatherings don't get too big yeah. and uh, we can have smaller groups meeting. So I want to pray and have us all pray together. Ask God uh, that people would be touched yes. and open up their homes to be able to host more people into house Amen. gatherings at Kalos Church. So let's pray together. Father, I thank you, God, that people are so excited about pursuing you, Lord. I thank you for mm -hmm. that story yes. that we just heard. And Lord, right now we're asking that um, you would help us as we continue yes, to Lord. navigate this season, Lord, mm -hmm. that as the people of God, we would be willing to open our doors and open our arms, Lord, whatever yes. that looks like, in the safe way, in the way that we feel comfortable, Lord Jesus, and that more people would be able to come into house gatherings in this season, God. You are our great provider. Yes. And we know, Father, that there is always space. There is mm -hmm. always room mm -hmm. for more in the kingdom of God. Yes. So thank you so much, God, for all that you're doing here. In Jesus' name, yes. amen. 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 Well, without further ado, Pastor Pradeepan is going to preach a great message. We cannot wait. As we start Politically Correct, this brand new series, I want to let you know I'm terrified. Because I know that we're in a politically charged season. Yeah. This whole election time is ruining friendships, separating families. And I know that there are some words I might say in the wrong way or in the wrong timing that could offend people. Yeah. And we love our community. Yes. And we do fear being ghosted or 
a victim of cancel culture. <laughs> and so our hope, though, is in this series, we would bring people to Jesus. Yes. Our hope is that in this politically taxing season, people would experience the beauty yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. And you're going to see that in this sermon even. I'm going to be reading a lot more because I want to share things accurately and correctly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we know that this time is taking a toll on your soul. Yeah. And the answer is Jesus. And yeah. I, I'm not a politician. Amritha's not a politician. Mm -hmm. But we are pastors, and we can lead you to Jesus. Yeah. He loves you so much. He loves this community so much. And he's going to take care of us as we cast our cares on him. Amen. 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 So why don't we dive right in? Politics. What does that word even mean? Let's break it apart. Poly means many. Ticks are bloodsuckers. Many bloodsuckers. Doesn't it feel like that in this season? This whole election process is sucking the life and the soul and the blood out of all of us. Yeah. It is so difficult. And yeah. it feels like we can't say things right. And it feels like we have to pick this side or this side, or we're going to be excommunicated. And so we're going to look at the example of Jesus because he has felt these same things. In yeah. fact, there's a story in Mark 12, where people are trying to trap Jesus in taking a political side. And then he gives them a very politically correct answer. Mm. So let's dive into Mark 12 and look at this mm -hmm, right now. Mm -hmm. Mark 12 says, mm. is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? But Jesus knew their hypocrisy. Why are you trying to trap me? He asked, bring me a denarius and let me look at it. They brought the coin and he asked them, whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then Jesus said to them, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. And they were amazed at him. They tried to trap Jesus politically, but they couldn't get him to pick a side. He broke their binary system. He confounded them and they were amazed. This reminds me a little bit of myself in Bible college. In Bible college, our school decided to hold a student body elections online on a computer for the first time ever. Well, I couldn't officially run as a student body president, but my friends and I figured out how to hack the computers. And so guess what? I won by a landslide. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And the other candidates were really mad at me because I won, even though I couldn't run. And the student body loved me. I was like a folk hero. It was awesome. <laughs> Those are my glory days. I'll admit it. Those are the glory days. Glory days. And uh, the administration didn't really know what to do with me at all. In fact, they asked me, will you be the president? Because we don't know what to do. And I said, nah, that seems like a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I confounded their system of elections and they didn't know what to do with me. Like a lot of us right now don't know what to do with Jesus when it comes to faith and politics. It, is a crazy thing to ask. We're asking questions like, what is the role of the church in politics? Who do I vote for? What do I do? And when it comes to church, many of us have been taught on this side of the spectrum that the church should be apolitical. Mm. Like church and politics don't mix. The church, you know, and state need to be completely separate. Our faith in God is a private matter and it shouldn't really impact all the spheres of our life. On the other side of the spectrum, many of us have been taught in the church that the church should be all political, that the church is the main engine of fighting a culture war, that we should be very engaged in politics and really uphold a moral code for the rest of the nation. We should be super engaged in voting and the elections. It should be all political. 
Well, I, I believe that we're not to be on any of these sides of the extreme. Mm. We should be appropriately political. Yeah, and right. so Jesus in this scenario, in Mark 12, he is brought into a political trap. And I think it has relevance for us today. Mm. He's given a tough question by two groups of people, the Herodians and the Pharisees. The Herodians were people who were really in league with the Roman government. And so they kind of wanted a bigger government. And the Pharisees were really advocating for a smaller government. They didn't really want to be controlled by the Romans. Mm. And so we see here, this is like if President Trump and Vice President Biden teamed up to trap a pastor into taking a side. They approached Jesus and they asked mm. them this question. And this question is so politically charged, especially in this day and age, because this story happens, but 25 years before the story happens, there was a man named Judas the Galilean, and he tried to overthrow the Roman government. Mm -hmm. The Roman government was uh, ruling over the Jewish people of Israel, and they really made them pay a lot of taxes. In fact, after one of these taxes, they had him pay this coin, like the coin we're looking at right now in the story, the denarius. And Judas Galilean said, hey, you know what? I'm calling all the Jewish people to say, we are not going to pay these taxes. And we're going to the temple and we're going to cleanse the temple of all the Romans and the Gentiles. And we're going to actually ask all people to not bend their knee to this empire at all. And we're going to follow God and God alone and not the laws of this government. And so the Romans captured him and executed him. Mm. And so now 25 years later, back to the story about Jesus, they're trying to trap Jesus to wow. see if he's going to be another revolutionary that's going to advocate overthrowing the Roman government. We shouldn't right. pay taxes. Or if he's going to betray the Jewish people, the people of yeah. Israel by saying, hey, we should pay taxes. Yeah. And so yeah. this is the politically charged context. Wow. Jesus mm. is in. And so everybody wants to see, are you going to betray the Jewish people, or are you going to be executed by the Romans in this situation? And Jesus says something amazing. Let's read it again. He says, bring me a denarius and let me look at it. They brought the coin and he asked them, whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then Jesus said to them, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. And they were amazed at him because in this response, we see that Jesus, he rejects a few things. He rejects political complacency, he rejects political primacy, and he rejects political simplicity. Mm. Now I'm going to explain that a little more. Mm. Point number one, Jesus rejects political complacency. When Jesus says, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, he's affirming the God-given place of government in society and politics. This shouldn't be a surprise since government is a part of God's good design for creation. And while no government is perfect, the scripture says we need government to restrain evil and uphold justice. In our own context, without political change, the United States would still have slavery, secondary rights for women, wow. and child labor. Yeah. And so Christianity is not an escape ticket to heaven. It has real world impact in our lives today. Yeah, As right. followers of Jesus, we are called to be a voice for the voiceless, to stand up against injustice and oppression. There's no specific chapter and verse in the Bible about voting, but we are called to do what's good, even when it concerns areas of the government. Titus 3 says, remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. Mm. You know, a few months ago, mm. I posted something on my Facebook that I thought was innocent and wouldn't be controversial. Mm. I posted this. 
Racism is bad, right? We're all created in the image of God. Racism is bad. Jesus is good. In fact, Jesus is the best, right? Yeah. Who's going to debate with those things? Right. Especially believers. Well, it was controversial. Mm. I got over 100 comments on that post. Mm. And I got private messages and DMs. And people said things like, hey, we love that you preach the gospel, but you shouldn't preach about politics. Just stick to Jesus. And I was like, what? Racism was a biblical issue before it was a political right, issue. Right, right. This is standing up against injustice. Wow. You know, in fact, race, immigration, poverty, and murder were biblical issues before they were political yeah. ones. Faith in God is personal, but it is not private. Following Jesus mm. shapes all of our lives. We can't just say, Jesus, you stay here on Sunday while I live the rest of my life. Jesus, we surrender the entirety of our life to him. Our politics, our good deeds, our morality, our actions, our ideas of justice. It is all shaped by the lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You know, Isaiah 1 says, learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow. Mm -hmm. And so as a church, we can't just stand by and do nothing right. in the name of just being complacent or trying to separate the church and the state. Everything in our lives should be surrendered to Jesus. And so that means we stand up for the oppressed. We defend the fatherless. We lift up the name of Jesus in every sector of society. Amen. As followers of Jesus, we are called to speak up against murder and oppression, as the book of James reminds us, whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty mm. of breaking mm. all of it. Mm. Amen. Amen. And so you might be thinking, yeah, I'm convinced. I'm putting all my efforts into politics now. This yeah. is my Christian faith. Well, well, hold on, because point number two, mm. Jesus also rejects political primacy. Wow. You know, Jesus acknowledges paying the government taxes, but then he says, give to God what is God's? And guess what? We carry the image of God. And so our whole lives belong to God. Wow. Politics are important, mm -hmm. but they are not ultimate. Yeah. It's good. Politics will not save our soul or society. Christianity by the numbers is flourishing around the world, but in America, it's been declining. Mm. And I think that's created a vacuum and a void that people are filling with politics right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. People are replacing religion with a religious pursuit of politics. I love this quote by David Zoll. If once upon a time we looked to politics primarily for governance, we now look to it for belonging, righteousness, meaning, and deliverance. In other words, all the things for which we used to rely on religion. We might not hmm. say this out loud, but I think in our actions, we believe that politics will fix everything, yeah. but it won't. Yeah. They're important, but they're not ultimate. Right. Politics will not fix your marriage. It will not fix your loneliness. Mm. It will not fix your heart. It will not fix your hate. It will not bring you ultimate purpose or even freedom. And it will not bring you rest to your soul. Right now in this political season, our souls are heavy, aren't they? There's anxiety. We, we fear being on the wrong side. And so we have to choose a tribe or we have to choose a place of safety. We don't know what to say. Some of us just say nothing. But other, others of us, we really lean into it. We've found our belonging. We found our morality from our political party. And I just want to let you know, that's a dangerous road to walk on. Yeah. You know, as I, I look at a lot of people's social media, I see a lot of incredible devotion. 
but it's to politics. Mm -hmm. It's to memes. Mm -hmm. It's to bashing people. It's to telling people all the reason why they are wrong, they're evil, they're inadequate. And I think that's the reason our, our souls feel it right now. I see a lot of people willing to share their hate or their passion for a candidate even more than sharing about the King of Kings. Mm. And I think that's going to take a toll on our soul. You know, I, I'm not trying to condemn anybody yeah. right now. Really, we're trying to bring peace and yes. love that only Jesus can bring. But my guess is that in this season, your digestion of news and social media is greater than in your time of word and prayer. Mm. And that is a dangerous road. Yeah. It's going to take a toll on your soul. If I looked in depth at your your words and the thing you spend your time on, would I would I think you're more of a disciple of the Messiah or memes? You know, I was watching a, a documentary a couple of weeks ago called The Social Dilemma. Yeah. And it was created by the creators of social media. Mm -hmm. And while they were proud of what they created, they're worried about the impacts of social media in our lives, our politics, and our souls. You know, they make money by getting users to stay on social media. The longer people stay on, the more advertisements they'll watch. The more advertisements they watch, the more people like Facebook or organizations like Facebook, the more money they make. And so their goal is to keep people there on it as long as possible. Mm -hmm. Well, they figured out if they program their algorithms to divide people, to hate people, especially along the dividing lines of politics, they'll get people to stay there longer by having them bash each other or be an echo chamber and be with people that say all the same things and believe all the same things. So they are strategically trying to divide America into yeah. the left and the right so that they can make more money. Yeah. And to be honest, I think many of us are falling into it. Yeah. Our beliefs are being shaped by memes and media. Mm. And we think half of the nation, they're demonic, they're idiots, they're completely wrong. While we are the only ones that really get it. We're yeah. the ones fighting for true America. You know, ironically, I want to share a meme with you right now. But <laughs> I, I, I saw this man who agrees with the media, universities, corporations in Hollywood thinks he's part of the resistance. You know, to be honest, I think a lot of our ideas are, are just us being programmed by media. Wow. We're being programmed by algorithms. Wow. This digestion of the news and all of these things, it's replacing our digestion of the good news of Jesus Christ, the word of God. Yeah. Taking time to listen to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Oh, I don't have time for prayer. Oh, I accidentally just spent two hours on social media. Right. We're becoming disciples of media instead of the Messiah. And that's going to take a toll on our soul. Right. People are starting to hate each other mm. more, just like they planned, just like they say in the social dilemma. People are starting to hate each other more and talk to each other less. And we wonder why we don't feel as connected as we used to. Mm. Here's, a, here's a powerful statement that really challenges me. If we feel like we have more in common with people who share our politics, but not our faith, our loyalties need to be revisited. Mm, we put our hope in the wrong thing. And so Jesus says, give to God what is God's. Yeah. Because he knows that Jesus is the only one who can give us satisfaction yeah. in our soul. Politics promise what only Jesus can deliver. Yes. Yes. Politics will not save our nation. Jesus is the one who can save society and our souls. Amen. 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 And so while politics are important, they are not ultimate. Yeah. They're not your identity. They're not your hope. Mm -hmm. They're not your salvation. They're not your belonging. They're not the thing that should shape your belief. Jesus is. And if you're feeling the toll of this environment, I want to let you know, Jesus invites you to come under the shadow of his wing, 
to find rest, to find peace yes. that surpasses understanding. Amen. He invites you to experience life and life abundantly, not because you post the right thing, but because of who and whose you are. Yeah. Amen. 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 And so that that's all great. But you're you're saying, Pastor, all right, let's get practical. Yeah. So who who do I vote for then? Ugh. Should I align politically left mm. or politically right? Mm. Well, I, I want to let you know, point number three, Jesus also rejects political simplicity. Yeah. They were trying very hard, the Pharisees and the Herodians, to trap Jesus into a yes, no, left, right, this or that. Choose this side or this side. And so when they asked Jesus, what side are you on? He said, no. He didn't give a mm -hmm. simple answer. He wouldn't take a, a side. And, and here's where I, I might lose people. I want to say this. Jesus didn't put himself in a political party then, and we shouldn't do it to him now. Wow. Jesus is not a Republican or a Democrat. Jesus isn't an elephant or a donkey. He's the Lamb of God. God's kingdom is not a democracy. Jesus is king. Wow. Jesus didn't come to take sides. He came to take over. Amen. Amen. I love in the scriptures, we see that Jesus calls 12 very different people to come follow him and be his disciples. Yeah. Two of those people are called Matthew the tax collector and Simon the zealot. And this is wild because they represented extreme sides of society. Simon the zealot was a tax hater. Matthew the tax collector, spoiler alert, was a tax collector. Simon was an opponent to Rome. Matthew was a servant of Rome. Simon was a patriot. Matthew was seen as a traitor to Israel. Simon and Matthew were divided from each other by a wide, deep gulf of thought and feeling and even of impassioned hatred. Yet the tax collector and the zealot clasped hands and joined hearts at Jesus' feet. Wow. In the furnace of his love, these opposites were welded together. I can imagine people saying, mm -hmm. well, he's... A, He's a zealot. How can he follow Jesus? He's a tax collector. How can he follow Jesus? In modern terms, I can see us saying things like, well, he's a, he's a Republican. How can he call himself a Christian? She's a Democrat. How can she call herself a Christian? Yet Jesus still invited both of them to follow and all of us to follow him. He still welcomes all of us to place him first, whether we lean Democrat, Republican, or politically agnostic. You know, you might not be trying to trap Jesus into your, your political side, but I think we do this with Christians all the time. Yeah. We try to trap them. If you think that a follower of Jesus has to be a Republican or a Democrat to be a Christian, then you have confused a political party with the kingdom of Christ and are in danger of being a political pawn instead of a disciple of Jesus. Wow. Well, pastor, I, I vote Republican because I feel like we have to protect the unborn. Well, pastor, I vote Democrat because I feel like we have to fight for the future unborn generations by coming against climate change. Mm. Pastor, if we don't do something now, mm. a lot of people are going to die. Mm. I know many of us have picked a political side, doing our best to bring glory to God. Yeah. But we're always going to be somewhat politically homeless mm. because no party could ever cover the fullness of right. God's kingdom. Right, right. The kingdom of man will always have conflicts with the kingdom of God. Yeah. The church is not to be found at the center of a left-right political world. The church is to be a species of its own kind, confounding both left and right and finding its identity from the center of God's life. And so as we navigate these three things, political complacency mm -hmm. and simplicity mm -hmm. and primacy, 
I want us to say this. Jesus is not building a political party. He's building his church. Yes. And so we're going to be defined by what we're for and not what we're against. Amen. We pledge allegiance to Jesus first and foremost, and who we vote for is not nearly as important as who we live for. Yeah. So I pray grace and peace over the Democrats, Republicans, and politically homeless people as we do our best to make known the beauty of Jesus in all of our lives. Amen. So after all of this, you might be asking, <laughs> all right, Pastor, practically, what do I do? Who do I vote for? And to that, I say, let's pray. Dear Father, we surrender our lives to you. I pray that you would help us navigate this tense time of politics. I pray that you bring us rest and understanding and that you would guide our feet. Lord, you'd help us know how to do good. And I pray that we would give grace and peace to all of our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ that are figuring out the best way to make known the beauty of Jesus. And so, Holy Spirit, we open up our hearts. We open up our minds. We open up our lives. And we say, come, Holy Spirit. Would you guide us? Would you help us to love and to not hate? Would you help us to defend the oppressed and fight for justice? Oh, Lord, would you lead us in this political season? Yes, Jesus. We pray in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. And amen. amen. Well, thank you for going on this journey with us. And again, if we offended you in some way, if you mm -hmm. feel like we're being cowards or misrepresenting Jesus, please have a conversation with us because mm -hmm. we love our Kalos community. And one of the things that yeah. we love is that we truly are a diverse community that is willing to have loving conversations. Amen. And if you're in this moment and you're like, wow, I need Jesus in my life. Yeah. I think we would love to pray for you. And I think, I think making... Jesus, the center of your life, is the best decision you could ever make. And this is a tough time. I could not imagine going through the season without Jesus being my strength. My strength is so insufficient. But Jesus, he is so strong. He is so gracious. He's been so close to us in this season. And he can be close to you, too. And so I want to lead us all in a prayer. I'm going to put some words on the screen. But I want to encourage you. Would you surrender your life to Jesus right now? And we're going to put these words on the screen so that we can pray. It's not a magic spell, but it might articulate what's going on in your heart right now. So if that's you, let's pray this all at the same time. Lord Jesus, Jesus I, I need you. you. Thank, Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, 